Welcome to the Curvebeam AI Cast, bringing you the future of orthopedics and bone health. Hello, I'm Lou Schoen, orthopedic surgeon here in Baltimore, Maryland, talking uh, to Adam Perler. He is the founder of Redpoint, and we are going to discuss today how it came to be and what it is. So, uh, we're here uh, hosted by Curvebeam AI Connect, and uh, we are going to discuss in this series uh, several innovations in orthopedics that we feel will be game-changing and take us to the next generation of orthopedic product and orthopedic solution. So uh, without further ado, uh, Adam, uh, what, what is Redpoint, and uh, what, what am I supposed to do with it? First of all, uh, before I answer that, and you'll have to remind me to come back because I get off track sometimes, but I do want to uh, thank Curbeam for inviting me and, and Lou for, uh, uh, to you for hosting me. I, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, uh, I have to say that uh, through the years, I've kind of watched all the fun things that you've, you've done. Uh, my first uh, time listening to you was actually at AOFAS as your outcoming um, presidency speech, and you had a stop animation film that was so incredible. Um, and I thought, this guy is super innovative. And I know uh, you were on a product development team that was opposite a team that I was on with Total Ankle. Um, so we've had some good chats about that. But uh, I've just always really uh, looked up to you um, for all the stuff that you do. But um, even more, uh, the, the, the Foo Fighters story was amazing to me. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyhow, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, so uh, your question about Redpoint, um, you know, it's, that's a really big question. I, I, I don't think I've quite got the elevator speech down for this, but basically um, Redpoint Medical 3D is a PSI-based company. We are the first FDA-approved company to have both pediatric and adult indications for the use of patient-specific cut guides and deformity correction of the lower extremity. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, what Redpoint really means to me is this idea of uh, meticulously planning something and then going about a flawless execution. And, and there's a lot of origin behind that. But um, the, I, I always am a very big picture person. So um, when I was trying to come up for a name of the company and, and kind of describing who we are and what we do, um, I, I started to look at you know really inspirational things. So I looked at na navigation terms. I looked at uh, I, I love space and anything out, out of space. Um, so I was looking at space terms. And then I've always had an appreciation of nature, hiking and climbing. I did a little bit of climbing myself very early on. Um, this body won't climb up cliff too well now, but but it used to be able to do that. And uh, there was a term I came across called red pointing. And red pointing is where a professional climber will look at a route. They'll write down all the details of the route, where they're going to place their hands, where they're going to place their feet. And then they hand that, that plan to a judge, and they don't actually touch the rock face until they hand the plan over. Then they go about their climb, and if they do it perfectly, that's called red pointing the climb. So to me, this was a vision of what I wanted to be able to help surgeons do with their surgeries. And um, I would love to get to the point where red pointing becomes a, a very uh, you know, grammatical term for us all to describe, you know, hey, I got this big deformity case coming up, and another surgeon says, Hey, are you going to red point that? Meaning, are you going to meticulously plan it and then flawlessly execute it? So that that's red point in a nutshell. 
Yeah, that's great. Now, for those people who are just joining us that don't do orthopedic surgery, uh, what we are encountering is, in as an orthopedic surgeon, is a cluster of bones, 28 bones in the foot and ankle specifically, that are connected by ligaments, tendons, and muscles, fascia, nerves, arteries, veins, all these complex structures. And our job is to go in and realign it and make it better. If it's arthritis, we have to fuse it. If it's a deformity, we have to cut and shift bones. And the challenge is, uh, Adam, you know it well, is, well, how do we do it? There's so many ways to do it with 28 bones to work with. Um, you know, how do we actually do it? And the, our, our textbooks and our mentors have, have told us their way, but technology has changed and there's new plates and screws. There's new um, imaging technology that has given us opportunity that we never had before. So uh, let's roll back a little bit. We examine a patient, we get their deformity, we, we, we understand it, we watch them walk, we, we move their foot around, we get some x-rays. Um, I particularly like to get a weight-bearing CAT scan uh, to see the three-dimensionality of that foot. And um, once we do that, then we kind of <clears throat> get the mountain face. You know, we, we get that in our mind and then we say, okay, I'm going to just go up this mountain like this. What you're saying is with red point, don't just wing it. Let's actually plan it out. Let's see what we have fully and then let's plan it out. And you're doing it in a brilliant way. You're taking the CAT scan information and creating marks on the bone that the that guides could sit on. And then the guides could be used to cut and shorten or lengthen or twist the bones. And then it gives you even a way to fix it, to hold it in that position. This Correct. is this is mind blowing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, so, let's say so, I have a foot, let's say I have a foot deformity. Yeah. And I come to you, you do your physical exam. Uh, you know, everybody does that. That's old school. What's next for you, Adam? Well, I, I was going to comment back on something you had just mentioned. You know, you have these 28 bones and we go to our textbook and say, okay, we've identified this deformity with our 2D x-rays, right? You know, we're, we're, it's like looking at a Polaroid picture of someone. You can only derive so much information from that picture. And, and then these textbooks or our residency training or fellowship training would tell us that when you have this deformity, you should correct it this way. And the way I look at it is um, when we graduate and we go out to practice, we're really good at being Betty Crocker chefs, right? You, you know, you, you, you're, you kind of know what the problem is. You kind of have some recipes that you've been given over the years. Um, but to really be a master chef, um, you, you want to become a master of ingredients. And once you know ingredients, you can adjust according uh, to what that needs. I mean, think about like if you go on... Uh, and I know this is a really strange comparison, but I'm a big picture person. You go on Top Chef and you have some chefs that can cook by these recipes. They have them memorized. They just knock them out and they don't, they don't need it to be creative. Um, and then you have other chefs that come on there and they say today's ingredients are and they look at it and say, boy, I've never worked with these ingredients before. Just like sometimes you open up the foot and 
You go to put a screw in that doesn't hold the bone soft, and now you have to change your plan. So, um, so what, what happens is then if you understand how ingredients work, you can start to put them together differently. And, and I think that the weight-bearing CT scan and the new CT scans that we have out there, all this new data is now giving us more ingredients to work with. And PSI is simply an ingredient. And if you become a master of ingredients, you can be a lot more creative in how you approach these deformities. So that, that was one thing I wanted to say about what you said earlier. The other thing is, is to those who aren't um, in surgery, uh, the way to really understand where we are today as surgeons versus where we want to be and where technology like uh, weight-bearing CT scan, uh, technology like PSI or patient-specific instrumentation can take us is I, I happen to live in Florida and I'm in St. Pete. So I you might hop in the car with me. I'm your surgeon driver. You know, I'm going to drive your 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 uh, deformity correction. And you want me to go to Orlando. Orlando is our destination. That's our deformity correction. That's we all want a perfect foot or a perfect ankle. And we um, we say, OK, yeah, I, I, as a surgeon, I'm going to get you there. So I go into my computer and I type out the coordinates for Orlando, you know, the foot deformity. And then I print out a sheet and the sheet tells me how to get there. So we're going to hop in my car and I'm going to drive, but I'm also navigating. Uh, so I'm, you know, driving with the sheet in my hand and, and, uh, and then we get into traffic, something unexpected, and I can't see what's up the road. I can't see what's, uh, what the side streets are like. <clears throat> I'm really kind of stuck. And, and not only that, but I have the stress of driving and navigating. And if I want to find an alternate route, I got to go into the glove box, pull out a map and try to figure out how I'm going to coordinate around it. We now have these new technologies that allow us to see things before they happen. And it's that same scenario. It's like hopping in a car with the patient saying, okay, instead of doing these, you know, map quests, that's way antiquated at this point. We're just going to get in our Tesla and talk to the radio and say, hey, uh, take me to the Marriott in Orlando. And then boom, it just automatically knocks out a route. And not only that, not only can you see the route before you do it, it actually tells you where you're going to get into trouble and it, and it automatically navigates you around that trouble. So that's kind of uh, for the people who aren't surgeons, that's, that's what we want to get to as surgeons. We, we go in there now and in traditional surgery and 98%, 99% of surgeries are done this way. We are navigating as we operate. We have a Polaroid picture, the x-ray on the side that we look at, and then we go in and we are self-navigating, which means that for the surgeon, most of the time it goes pretty well, but there are times where things don't go as planned. And uh, especially if you're a perfectionist, um, that creates a certain stress level. And then you have multiple surgeries that day and stress levels go up. So what can we do as surgeons to be less stressed than the OR so that we can focus on the best possible outcome? And that's taking advantage of these preoperative assessment tools you know, like we said, the weight-bearing CT scan, it, it doesn't just give you three-dimensional units of bone, you know, the 28 bones uh, laid out, but it also tells you relationships of bones in a 3D model. And then you take it one step further and you can use these 3D printing methods to pr print one-to-one -one bone ratio models. I, I have one right here. Um, this was a uh, patient that I did. It was a bunion deformity. And the fact that I can have this model in the OR with me helps me navigate so much better. So I'm not having to make decisions on the table. All this stuff has been decided 
hence the term red point. So a roundabout way of answering that, Lou. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's important, and you touched upon this, is that really every situation is unique. Not only do you got the guy or gal in your car going to the destination, which they may have picked, you know, uh, with you, or maybe they tell you this is what you're going to do and you have to like follow that kind of goal. Um, sometimes that happens, but also their situation is very unique. And when we learn to do surgery, we're learning from an ideal case and there really is no ideal. There's really in the, in, in the population, there are some, but most cases really when, when a master chef or master surgeon looks at the foot and ankle, we are seeing essentially a custom job in front of us. It has, it has these deformities. It's got these holes. It's got these weak bones. It's got these relationships. And we add to that more information from examining it. But what your technology allows us to do is to customize our solution. And you can customize it. You didn't touch upon this yet, but you <laughs> could customize it before the surgery with the surgeon. So yes. I could present to you a, a crazy case and you could say, Lou, let's, um, let's, let's get the more information. Let's put this together. And now let's kind of discuss it with our judges. Yes. You don't have to submit a plan. You have an idea. Okay. You're going to, you're going to climb this mount. You're going to get this destination, but this is a tricky one. Let's review it and let's come up with plan A, B, C, and look at it together. And before surgery, you could have used your uh, three-dimensional reconstruction of the foot on computer, like, like engineers do, like people who are working with materials do, and actually plan it out uniquely for that case and see five different paths and say, that's the one I'm going to pick. Give me the guides. Let me tag it on the bone in surgery, make my cuts, and I'm going to use these specific things to get myself stabilized and finish the job. Well, we'll I'll take it one step further. So, um, and we've done this. Uh, we have a project or uh, I guess a product called Bone Clone, and it's B-O-N-E and then C-L-O-N-E, and it's a clone of a bone and the clone of a bone and a, and a bone clone. So it's a one-to-one -one ratio model. And um, some cases, like I, I had a Sharko case I was planning and I, you know, it was actually our first PSI based Sharko correction. And of course I get the 3D image and um, I'm looking at the model on the computer, but that even though I'm seeing it better than I would see with a two dimensional x-ray, it still doesn't do it justice. So I told the engineer, you know what, before we do a planning session, is there any way we can print the bone clone model and send it out to me? So he ships it out to me. I get this in my hand. And when I'm looking at this, I can see the cuboid has dropped. I can see that the metatarsals are shifted dorsal. I can see exactly what's going on in a way that I could never see that on a patient. I can look at it on an x-ray. I can scroll through my individual CT scan images, but to get it, to flip it, to rotate it. And, um, you know, when we're in surgery, as you know, we try to make the smallest incisions uh, to achieve the maximum, right? Because you want to leave as little scar tissue behind. Well, you can only see through that little window you've opened the bone structure, or you can look at your x-ray on the side. Well, with the bone clone model, not only does it help you plan preoperatively, but it's autoclavable. So you can bring it into surgery and it's a one-to-one -one ratio. And get this, we can even print 
post correction. So, so now you've, you know, Dr. Schoen has said, Hey, uh, now that I see this model, this is what I want to do. I want to take this wedge here. I want to get biplanar correction and I'm going to rotate. So it's, it's actually triplanar now, right? So we would actually print a model that uh, fits that exact description. He would see the plan. He would sign off on it. Now he can have both of those models in the office, take his hardware and even pre-contour it before he goes to the OR. So the whole goal of Redpoint, again, it's that flawless execution, is when you get to the OR, you have less stress and things just kind of fall into place the way you would expect it. And that's, that's the power of seeing it before you do it. Yes. I mean, it, it is incredibly powerful. It is definitely surgery 2.0. And I think another thing that we are not typically able to do is cut weird cuts. So <laughs> weird yeah. cuts, uh, we, we, we take a saw in surgery and it goes back and forth and we could go across the bone at different angles, but basically it's a one plane cut. Mm -hmm. uh, that's standard. But with your technology, we could do curved cuts or, or multi-level uh, cuts. We could actually jig out one cut, then put another jig on, make another cut on that jig, and, and then you have more options than you could ever imagine, things that you might not do with a regular surgical plan, you could now see that that's going to be your best path, best path to success. And one of those types of cuts is a curved cut, and 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 we 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 have we we love the curved cut. There's several ways to do it, um, but with your system, you can make a jig for me, and allow me to make a curved cut accurately. So it's not a flat cut, a curved cut, and that gives you a way to reposition the bone without shortening it. Well, and, and, and so there's, there's, a, there's a world of opportunity for your patients that may not exist even in the literature. Exactly. So we had a surgeon, Dr. Oliver Shipper. He had a really complex ankle deformity and uh, it was a fused ankle. And um, he was trying to figure out because he wanted to do a dome osteotomy, how he was going to achieve biplanar correction with the dome. And, and, in the past, we would say that it's not possible. But what we ended up doing is we co we configured two guides, just like you're saying. One guide gave you an arc, and then slipping over those same wires, a second arc was made at a wedge from the first arc. And now all of a sudden, he was able to correct in sagittal plane and frontal plane, and that opened up the door. And, and, and that, to my knowledge, was the first one ever done as a biplanar wedge uh, dome osteotomy. We have an ankle fusion case coming up with another surgeon. Uh, it's a, a varus ankle. He was planning on doing an IM nail and he was going to come from a lateral approach. And uh, we said, you know, hey, why don't we show you this? And it's, you're, I mean, obviously you were behind the Zimmer uh, ankle. So you have these curved cuts, which, you know, takes very little bone and it preserves a lot of bone um, platform, you know, bo bone stock for your fusion. So we did, we have designed a dome cut on the talus. It's just taking the very top of the dome. And then we have a second dome on the tibia from lateral that converges on the first dome uh, as you go medial. And when you take that wedge out, it will close and rotate. And not only that, but we can get as far as even giving you provisional um, positioning, right? Because we put pins in in a set 
um, position. When you close your osteotomy, those pins go to a new position where we're going to predict where those go. And we'll have instruments that slip over that to make sure that your tibia and the plantar aspect of your foot are at 90 degrees. Because that's another area where we all can struggle because, uh, I mean, you know, you know how this is. You get out of bed one day and you tie your shoes and they, they just tie funny and you know it's going to be an off day. Um, the nice thing about using PSI in this manner is we have your back on those off days when, when you're not quite feeling up to par or like I said, you've, you've knocked out six surgeries in the morning and you're exhausted and you get to this last case that takes a lot of thinking. Um, what happens currently is that surgeons, is, uh, we're not perfect. We're not superhuman. You know, we, we might say, uh, you know, that looks good enough. Um, but you never want to be the surgeon where, or the patient of a surgeon that says that looks good enough. So that's what's nice about these pre-configured guides is we can really predict um, where the final position is going to be and help the surgeon with that. Um, you know, so that, that, those are some thoughts on, on that. It's, it's, it's really unique. And, and we are really limited to what the surgeon can dream up because uh, we are FDA approved, like I said earlier, for all deformity correction using this method for foot and ankle all the way down to the age of 12. So there's a lot of areas that um, I think are untouched that uh, as surgeons understand how to use these tools and maybe step away from being a Betty Crocker chef to an iron chef, <laughs> um, Redpoint can help them get there. And I think we're going to come up with even more unique configurations like that dome osteotomy. Yeah, it's, it's, it, is it is so exciting. Now, for the, for the surgeon who has done surgery for 30 years, he knows how to make, you know, his, his cuts. He knows how to do his moves. Um, he may not rush to your company to add a, a level of what he might consider as complexity to his life. I know how to do it. I get it done. Bop, bop, bop. I throw this, I throw that. Now the screws, I'm over, right? Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking most guys probably won't change their standard path. Uh, but I think there are those cases where uh, an experienced surgeon knows he has a challenge and is looking for solutions. Uh, can Redpoint help them? And, and how would you go about telling someone like me, I can help you? So, you know, I know everything, right? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you're going to say, okay, Lou, I think that's, I, I, I like what you got there. That's good. <clears throat> let's get some, let's get a, a, a a curved beam, uh, three-dimensional model. Let's look, let's build it out. Let's look at it. Can you help me to see other options? Can, how, what, what would you do with, with a guy like me versus a guy who's just out of practice, who knows to reach out, who knows that he's, he's going to need that, that map in advance. So, uh, you know, the parallel on PSI is going to be obviously total ankle. Um, so total ankle Obviously, when it first came out, it was freehanded, and then we we kind of said, well, that's not the best way to do it. So we came out with these jigs, and jigs at first got pretty big and bulky. Um, but I think once a surgeon, I, I think there was a study I read, uh, I can't remember when I first started doing total ankles uh, back in 2010, that said you need to do about 25 to 30 as a surgeon to feel pretty comfortable and confident in what you're doing. Um, and then PSI comes out and, and PSI, I think for a lot of the surgeons had done a ton of total ankles said, 
I don't really need that. You know, I, I know how to do the, the guides uh, on my own. You know, I like the manual step, the, the thought process that I go through. And I've done enough of these to feel like I don't need PSI. Um, but interestingly enough, what's happened is, and, and just like you predicted or you stated, new surgeons coming into total ankle that now have option of PSI versus non-PSI are heavily, heavily favoring systems that utilize PSI. Um, and it's not because it's an easy way out. Um, it's because it really is a skills leveler. Um, you know, I think that that's, it doesn't give you a better outcome uh, if you put it in the hands of an experienced surgeon. Maybe, maybe not. But what it does is it elevates certain people that might not have that 25 or 30 under their belt. Now, what's happened since is a lot of the surgeons that said, I would never use PSI because I don't need it, I think eventually used it. And a lot of them have kind of said, okay, um, I see this is getting me to where I want to be a little bit quicker and a little bit less stressful. Um, so then they too become users. So to, to answer your question, and, and Lou, I know you were one of those surgeons, you know, when we pulled up our little red point presentation and said, you know, hey, I get, a, I get to talk to Lou Schoen about deformity correction, and he's the guy that I, I look up to to learn it. Um, so I know this was a little bit, little bit of a challenge, and it was something that you definitely, you know, had said, you know, hey, what do I need this for? Well, one thing is, <clears throat> if we're in this for the right reason, we are 100% for doing what's best for patients in general, whether it ends up at the Lou Schoen Clinic or my clinic or any of our clinics, Patients don't always know who they're going to. So if there's a technology that's out there that can bring uh, the level up so that a, a patient that shows up to a doctor that does red pointing, uh, you know, kind of has that philosophy, knows that they're going to get a certain level of outcome, I think that's a good thing for everybody. Now, the other thing I challenge you on is that's great that you can handle all those deformities. I know you train fellows. I mean, it's kind of like uh, me doing an internship with Picasso. Just because I train under Picasso doesn't mean I'm going to paint like Picasso. Um, but if you do a color by numbers, you could get pretty darn close. So that's what PSI kind of does. And I think that, um, you know, maybe, maybe you find in your practice that there are certain cases this is very helpful. Um, but at the very least, maybe your knowledge is what influences the guide design for surgeons who are trying to up their skill level uh, it's and, and the, the what we're talking about is not doctors taking on cases that they shouldn't be doing. We're talking about doctors that are doing cases and have experience with it, but want to get it more reproducible. You know, and you know, um, I, I was thinking about this because I, I have to think about this all the time: how to put this to patients or explain it to other doctors. I could go to Lowe's and buy ten of the same plant, right? And on my way home, I drive by and I drop it into 10 different people's front yards, dig the hole exactly the same. You know, it's my method, right? And drive by about two weeks later, and I'm going to get 10 different variations of how those plants are doing. Because there are certain things as surgeons we can't control. We can't control what a patient puts in their body, how they handle their postoperative care, what nutrients they have, what um, diseases they have, you know, their, their soil. Everybody's soil is different. So, I think our job as surgeons is to understand that and do the best that we can to mitigate any issues on our end to give the best possible outcome. And 
I do think that PSI has that value, even for very experienced surgeons. And I think that uh, we, we had um, a doctor that did a Charcot deformity um, not too long after I did my first one. And um, the proof is kind of in the pudding, right? So he did it. He didn't necessarily need it. He would just cut wedges out. Um, he wanted to try the system. Then about two weeks later, he was in the another surgery. He was doing a Charcot reconstruction. And he, he just, he said, for whatever reason, I was really struggling. And his PA, who is very, very hard on new technology, poo-poos it all the time. Like, why would you use this, you know, Dr. So-and-so? And um, his PA looked at him and said, don't you wish you had those red point guides right now? And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. And it's kind of like hopping in the car again, after you've been using your, your phone to navigate and you leave your phone at home and you got to go to someplace new that you've never been. So even for the experienced driver, it's a little bit scary when sometimes you have to go back to a manual method once you've been using more of an automated method. So, so even for the experienced surgeons, I think that this can be very helpful and it can elevate even the experienced surgeon. Yeah, it's, there's no question, even just seeing what you're dealing with and thinking about it, not when you're not in the clinic, yeah. when, you, when you're in the privacy of your own home, in your office, whatever, let's pull up those multidimensional models. Yep. Let's roll them around. Let's think about it. Even that gets you, you know, maybe 80% there. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. You know, I, I take it for granted because I've been doing this uh, 30 years, like 17,000 surgeries. I, I have, you know, I kind of know where things are, but, um, and I will sometimes say we, we don't need this information because I'm always teaching. I will generally get that extra information because um, it is helpful to me but it's also so helpful to getting that dimensionality in someone's mind who doesn't have that catalog of, of thousands of cases. So I think the, the, the act of planning in and of itself is fabulous. And then now that you're going to do the planning act, you're going to actually help me to execute on that plan and maybe guide me through several different options of how to do it and, and, and have some discussion. How does that work? So I, I got this case. I'm, I'm the experienced surgeon. I send you my, my 3d, you know, weight bearing cat scan stuff. What, what happens? Walk me through that process. Sure. So, so, um, you know, to your point, 3d weight bearing cat scans are definitely preferred, um, because of the deformity analysis. Um, for our process, just to, to be clear, you can also do a weight-bearing x-ray and a standard CT scan. We're going to use whatever you give us, um, but there are definitely advantages. And I think that uh, literature is going to show that, you know, at some point, weight-bearing CT scan is going to be standard of care. I think we all know that. Any of us that are doing this for long enough, um, we can see that the tides are changing. I think it's just, it, you know, as it becomes more available, it, 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 will, it will. But but once we get the CT scan, um we will then do uh, segmentation. So segmentation is a process where you take, so CT scan images individually are called DICOM files. So DICOM files like a JPEG. So imagine if you had 30 pictures of someone in different positions, and then you could take those JPEGs, stitch them together, and now you have uh, a 3D model of someone. So that's kind of what we do 
with DICOMs is we import them, we convert them to a 3D model. Well, now the next step is segmentation. And um, segmentation is something that, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, most people would have to do manually. It, you'd have uh, an engineer would have to sit at the computer and spend hours separating those 28 bones so that you can control them. Now with AI, AI is, you know, kicking into everything at this point. But now with AI, this process is much quicker. And actually Curve Beam changed their name to Curve Beam AI because they are also going to be working on segmentation software. They they have been, I think it's it's on its way to being approved. So that's super exciting. This this unlocks this new realm of surgery for a lot of us. And um, so once we get that 3D model and its segments, um, a couple things. If it's a pretty standard case like a bunion and we know, you know, how you always want to position the first metatarsal relative to the second. We are truly triplanar because we're not only rolling the bone, we're not only shifting it sideways, but what we found on every single bunion case is that there has not been one single case where there has been the same sagittal plane cut because uh, you either need the dorsiflex or plantar flex when you roll because the facet shape uh, rolls the bone out of position. So, so I don't even want to say triplanar, it's multiplanar. Um, so we, if we know what you want to do, we do it and then we send you a report and then you sign off on it. If this is your first red point case or it's a complex case, then we're going to suggest a planning session. And the planning session is basically where we go through the CAD cam. It's, it, it, as, as design surgeons, Lou, you and I have had the opportunity to get on CAD cam with an engineer and go through this. And it just blows your mind when they start manipulating things. If anybody out there has done... 3D printing, you know, with some of the 3D printing implant companies, you've had these one-on-one sessions. They're just amazing. And that's, that's kind of the power of, you know, anything patient specific. So, um, so we get into that session. It might include us sending you a model, you know, if it's complex deformity, you'll want to see and feel it before we actually do this planning session. Once we plan it, it usually doesn't take that long for us to design the guide. And then we get a report back to you. Now, with FDA clearance, there are very important things to know. One is you have to have a prescription for every case. So every case, because it is custom to the patient, we have to know as a surgeon what you're wanting to accomplish. But the other thing that we require is a custom report that shows the surgery and for the surgeon to sign off on it saying that they agree with the prescription. Because the engineer is not the doctor. You're the doctor. You have to direct it. So um, to answer one of your questions from earlier, you know, Redpoint can't necessarily, you can't just give us a deformity and say, what do I do with this? You, you have to direct us on what to do. We can guide you. Now, uh, going back to that comment, uh, experienced surgeon, maybe not need this versus newer surgeon. The one thing about every one of our guides is we can change the guide. Unlike a plate or screw that gets approved by the FDA, if, if you know, it takes two years to get it through the FDA. And if you start applying that plate in surgery and you're getting surgeon feedback that they don't like the trajectory of this one screw hole to change that is a huge task with the FDA. You got to go back through a whole nother, you know, five, 10 K clearance, and it could take years to do and a lot of money. Uh, the nice thing about custom is every case we learn something new. Uh, and, um, we are customizing not just to the patient's deformity, but to, but to each surgeon's style of operating, because every one of our guides, we, you know, just like an OR keeps your favorites uh, list. And when you walk in, they, 
They know what songs to play in the OR because, you know, Dr. Schoen likes this certain type of music. Um, you know, they have the air guitar uh, inflated the, the um, I'm sure it's, you know, autoclavable so that you can get there and do your strumming. Um, but it's customized to the surgeon preference. And that's also important. And then the, the last thing about us is hardware, right? We're not attached to hardware at this point, which means that you as a surgeon drive this train to your, you know, your perfection. So, so we're giving you the cut guide. We're not telling you how to fixate it. Um, you get to choose your hardware, which I think is very powerful. Now we might not stay that way. Uh, you know, if we end up getting acquired at some point, or, um, we do have some financial challenges because, uh, we're not paired with hardware. And, and so, uh, there's something called the ACR, um, which is, a radiologist society that's looking into assigning CPT, reimbursable CPT codes for 3D models and for um, cut guides, patient-specific cut guides. So once that happens, which hopefully will happen in the next few years with all the data uh, that's out there on this, then um, then this is insurance coverable. But uh, that that's how this process works. And, and then the guide comes to you uh, or to your rep they bring it to the OR. You might want to see it beforehand, play with it on the bone clone model. And then the bone clone model and the guide goes to the OR with you. That way you can try it on the model. You can try it on, on the patient to make sure everything's fitting just like you want it. And at the end, the post-operative x-ray, uh, the 2D x-ray, <laughs> should just look exactly like the plan that we gave you. And when it does, then you can say you've red pointed that surgery. You, you've meticulously planned. And, and three quarters of that surgery, Lou, happened before you ever touched the patient. And that's just so different than the way we operate now, you know? So, so that's, I don't know if that describes the process for you, but hopefully it does. Yeah. So, uh, so I use XYZ company. I may use three different companies. Um, and I have a vision for how I'm going to fix it after I use your guides, uh, but, but you actually, know that, right? I will tell you that. And you will say with this plating system by this company, X, Y, or Z, here's what your screw configurations are going to be because some plates and screws are going to force you into certain places. So some screws can be shot way off angle. Some have to be shot perpendicular. We're not going to get into the features of plates and screws. But you actually know that because I will say that that's what I want to use. Now, what if I say to you, I'm using X. I sometimes use Y. I almost never use Z, but I could use Z. I send, you know, we do this planning. I'm like, wow, I'm not sure if, if X is going to do it. Is this a Y? Or do you say to me, hey, Lou, um, I, think, I think you're going to need Y or maybe Z here to execute optimally how does that work yeah so that that's um that that would be based you know kind of based on the surgeons that we've worked with um what information they've provided us some of the plating configurations and sizing and everything is available online and we can get access to it that way um you know that's something that all the 3d printing companies uh whether they're custom implants you know because a lot of them are doing uh wedges that are configured uh with I guess, hardware-friendly um, wedges. Um, so, so we all have the ability to um, scan 
if we need to, to help try to configure. But ultimately, I think our strongest suit at some point will be pairing with hardware. So we can, that that's when Redpoint Medical 3D becomes unleashed, right? When we can not only give you the wedge, but we can actually give you screw holes through our, our, our guides. Um, we call it pinpoint navigation. There's a whole new system that we've developed and there's nothing on it on our website, but you'll hear more and more about it as the year goes on. But pinpoint navigation now allows you to even do guides over the foot without opening up the skin. And it helps you pinpoint where the joints are and make very, very small incisions. Because we have we have another philosophy called LMT, which is leave minimal trace. And as a surgeon, what we want to do is, and I said this earlier, you want to achieve the maximal result with the smallest um, incision and at least amount of scar tissue because you know maybe we do the surgery and then uh, the patient ends up with somebody else they move away and somebody else has to deal with this patient that has a really scarified foot so what can we also do as surgeons to limit the amount of hardware in the foot or limit the amount of uh, soft tissue uh, scarring um, this is what pinpoint navigation can do so so I think that once we get into that realm, we're going to start to be able to do screw trajectories. Uh, we, we already have the ability to determine cut depth. So for example, our Aiken guide, uh, we have a saw that has uh, numbers on it. And then we tell you what number to go to so you don't break the lateral cortex. That particular guide also is fixated to bone um, in a manner that when you take the guide off, you take the wedge out, it's already pre-configured for a compressed 10 by 10 by 10 staple. So that's an example of knowing what hardware, using the guide to help you achieve the cut, but also the correction and the fixation. That's where Redpoint is going to go. Um, and, you know, I, I was reading some of uh, Curve Beam's previous podcasts. I saw that they interviewed somebody that is into robotics. And that's another thing. You know, that's a whole nother realm that's out there. Um, eventually, all the coordinates that we're, we're putting together with our assessments, you know, the assessment tools, all the ingredients that we talked about earlier are going to lead to surgeries that are um, potentially even robotic influenced, virtual reality influenced, augmented reality. All these things that we're hearing about in bubbles eventually are going to merge together. And ultimately, the patient benefits because they're going to have a safer, more predictable outcome. And so we're, we're, we just happen to be this ingredient of PSI uh, specific to, you know, deformity correction, but I could see how all these worlds are going to start to come together. And, and I know, for example, one of the situations with, you know, uh, weight-bearing CT scan, um, you know, before uh, they would go to a clinic like yours because you do a lot of total ankle and you do a lot of deformity correction, but maybe to a clinic that does a lot of bunion reconstruction, they wouldn't have interest in a weight-bearing CT scan. But now with what we have in the Better Bunion system, you know, which is our PSI Lapidus, and we have actually Better Bunion Rewind, which is a reconstruction of a bunion that's gone bad, whether it's a, a, a MIS case or whatever, um, we have uh, an MIS uh, PSI coming out soon. So um, now all of a sudden, uh, weight-bearing CT scan uh, applications are increasing so I think more and more doctors are going to be able to justify bringing this into their practice. And that's how we get it to become um, standard of care. And, and I think that pushes the envelope. So all these technologies, all these new ingredients, and what it comes down to for you and me as surgeons is 
I don't know about you, but uh, for a while I was getting a little bit burnt out. You know, I was feeling like, you know, I'm just doing the same things over and over. And this new technology has given me a whole new excitement to what I do. Um, and maybe as I get older, it's kind of nice to have things a little bit more predictable. So, so hopefully this PSI uh, talks to multiple surgeons uh, with multiple backgrounds and multiple skill levels. Uh, this is really exciting. It's a, it, it's, it's a platform uh, on which we will build an entire new uh, structure. The foundation here has now been changed. It's not MapQuest. It's three-dimensional. It's GPS, GPS. It's real-time. It gives you the ability to customize your assessment with the weight-bearing CAT scan, your planning with the 3D reconstructions, your different techniques that you may never have thought are possible, flat cuts, multi-plane cuts, uh, opening wedges, closing wedges, curved cuts. All these things become possible really Essentially, the sky's the limit. We are just beginning, and I think people will take this on for their problem cases and soon realize that solutions that they never thought were possible are now actually something they could they they could dream of, visualize, and execute with Redpoint. So it's a very exciting uh, time in orthopedics. It's it's uh, it's refreshing for us that have been in the field for many years to think like we are just beginning this this new stage and uh, I think it's going to become the standard I think it will be how we look at everything going forward and how we build a better uh, foot and ankle for people and and other joints as well with this technology so Lou I want to flip it back on you really quick and I know our time is running out but um when I did this presentation to you the first time, uh, and you were one of those surgeons saying, you know, I, I know how to do these cuts. Um, what, what made you want to um, be open to this and, and jump on board with all the experience you have and the mastery you have in surgery? Um, what appealed to Redpoint uh, um, for you? Well, as you know, um, I'm not just a, a, a surgeon. Uh, I'm an educator. I'm an innovator. Um, I come up with hopefully solutions that no one's thought of before. And uh, at the core of education and new solutions is uh, data, is is knowledge acquisition. Um, You could get it from lots of different sources, but now in this world, we have dimensionality that has been handed to us on a platter, thanks to Curve Beam AI, and thanks to companies like yours, we have something we could do with all that data. So I think education and innovation probably is what inspired me to look at this um, more um, holistically. Because you're right, for me, I, I have my tricks. I have my ways. I introduce dimensionality uh, in different ways. Um, and I could teach that. But now I could teach it better and as you pointed out, execution is not always like something that follows. With your technology, execution can follow more reproducibly. And I, I saw that as being something that maybe wasn't always going to be useful to me, but may always be useful to somebody who is new at it 
or who has a challenge that they haven't encountered before. And it's really all about improving patient care. And I'm, I'm completely committed to that. What can we do to make care better? What can we do to make it safer? What can we do to customize our assessment and customize our solution? And what Redpoint did is bring that in a practical fashion to the general orthopedic surgeon and even the specialist. So that's, that's what got me excited when I started to dream off this new platform, first with ed- education, then with innovation. And then, of course, for everybody, it shouldn't just be for my patients as they have, you know, safety and, and, uh, and customization. It should be that every surgeon delivers the ultimate safe, customized, reproducible surgery for their patients. That's 100% what's behind our company. We, when we put this together, we brought in top-level surgeons. Um, I did not look at degrees. Degrees don't matter to me. What matters to me is outcomes. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if we really truly care about the foot and ankle, it's about getting everybody to the point where patients have good outcomes, regardless of who they go see. I, 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 if you really care about your patients, you really care about foot and ankle, that's the truth. And, and I don't even look at other companies as, oh, they're competitors. We're all in this together. We're all trying to improve patient outcomes and patient care. And if we're doing a good job of it, there's plenty of business to go around. And I'm just happy to be maybe one ingredient in people's toolbox. And um, all I can say, Lou, is it's been a pleasure speaking to you because I do consider you a master chef, <laughs> an, an iron chef. Um, and, uh, it, and it's been a lot of fun also being able to sit down and, and um, innovate with you. Um, so I look forward to more, more sessions. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be with you today. And I thank you on behalf of all the surgeons out there who have yet to experience this, I thank you in advance. And for those that have experienced this, uh, I could say that uh, the feedback I've gotten is is impressive. And uh, thank you for caring about this and caring about patients that not are just yours, that they're patients worldwide who now will have a better outcome because of your dedication and your imagination then brought to a practical level to make things better. So thank you, Adam, a true honor. Uh, Keep up the good work. We're looking forward to hearing more from you in the near future. We've only just begun. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Yes. I'd like to also thank Curvebeam AI for making this podcast possible. Thank you, Curvebeam AI Connect. And uh, looking forward to many exciting discussions in the future. inspiring imagination of many out there that perhaps they're going to be the pioneers. They're going to be the Adam of the future. Um, and uh, Curve, Beam, of the future. <laughs> uh, Curve Beam recognizes that and, and they really want to help us inspire as well. So uh, thank you for inspiring and thank you Curve Beam for allowing us this platform to give people this exposure. Have a great day. 